Alina dropped in early Monday morning to share her thoughts on various topics. This podcast will allow listeners to see education in Korea and general life through the lens of a Russian girl who was raised in Uzbekistan. We share our thoughts on the necessity of the four-year undergrad in modern times, living in Korea, life in general, and a bit of literature. Alina speaks very passionately about Russian New Year's and her love for the arts. Thank you, Alina, for coming by. I can't wait to see the impact you will have on whatever it is you decide to do in the coming years. It's already one month into 2022, and Omicron is running wilder than the Hulkster in his prime. Nowhere to go, not much to do, except, yes, that's right, the doctor's here to help you out. Which doctor? Dr. English. Dr. English is an all-in-one English learning platform. The qualified native speakers can help you start your journey to English fluency today. Enjoy learning from the comfort of your own home. Call 010-4591-1496 for a free sample class. Open your door to endless opportunities. Take your English to the next level by visiting their website now at www.dr-english.com. You are now tuned into This Korean Life with your host, Brian and Nate. Welcome back to another episode of This Korean Life, number 62, featuring Alina, our Uzbek slash Russian friend. Uh, we just sat down for a nice uh, bowl of chili, compliments of Mr. Nate Tiberio Zanetti Mandico. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, hopefully that doesn't process <laughs> before this podcast ends. Anyways, interesting conversation came up, whether or kind of how you identify as Uzbek or in Russian. Do you care to shed some light on, on the situation there? So, first of all, hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Alina, and I define myself as Russian from Uzbekistan. A Russian from that. Uzbekistan? Yeah. Okay. A Russian okay. person from Uzbekistan. Hmm. There's, uh, from the sounds of it, there's a clear divide in the in the culture of um how was it growing up there for you mm, like when i was little till i was like maybe five mm. it, it was like i've never we've never thought about like who we are mm. ethnically like of course like whether we're russian it was big it, it was but like when i started going to public school it, it was pretty visible even like from the teacher perspective they used to divide us mm. so yeah. They used it, to divide it, you? It wasn't like a selection, but we still know, like, you're Russian, you're, I don't know, like, you're Uzbek, mm. etc. How, so, how would you know that? Uh, when they read the class list, like the roster, you know, the, yeah, by the names? or By the names, by the names, right. By the names. And but, how, would the, how would the teachers divide you? Uh, just like, mm, for example, there was, like, pe- Uzbek people who, who were, like, going to Russian school, but they were not as good, uh, like, when it comes to speaking in Russian, where because it's hard to, mm. because it wasn't their native language. But our school wasn't like fully Russian. It was like mix of Russian classes and Uzbek classes, and they used to divide us. Just like it wasn't just we. It wasn't about that we were sitting separately. Not not like this, but mm. we just felt this. Okay, thing. so they <clears throat> they kind of made you feel. Right, right. That you were on one side or the other. What age, do, like, uh, what age did you feel different than uh, than Uzbek? Because having having young kids, I'm wondering. Eh, I mean, they they have. Uh, we talk about it at home that you're different than your than your classmates and the kids on the playground poke and ask and <laughs> and they're always curious. But um, 
at what age do you remember it kind of clicking in and like, oh, mm. okay, I'm different? Like seven years old, mm. I just got back from Belarus. We had like, I spent there like a whole summer and I felt it, it's really hit me mm. when I was eight. And I remember like playing on the playground and kids were just screaming at me, just go to your rush or something like mm. that. I remember that. Really? Yeah. Did that, I, I think it's subjective how people, um, how, how it affects people, right? I mean, so if you call me bald, I'm okay. Other people are like, no, I got to cover this up with a wig. You know, I'm uh, to each their own. But um, did it affect you? Did it have a, was it difficult growing up? Or were you comfortable kind of in your own mm-hmm. skin? Like, oh, I'm Russian. Everything's fine. No. Although the there was like a hardship, but it was it was fine. I still have like lots of Uzbek friends, but they're not like that traditional. Mm. They're just as open minded as possible. Okay. So no, it wasn't hard. Although it was a kind of hardship growing up, because I also it was hard for me to figure out who I am mm. because I wasn't either Russian either Uzbek. Mm. So it was like in the middle of something. I didn't know what is that. So yeah. How how do you feel now as that like? It's becoming a big or a more popular issue because the world is globalizing so much. I mean, especially in the West, there's so many multicultural families. It's so diverse. And even look at Korea. I mean, it's becoming a huge issue in Korea very quickly because of the declining birth rate and more multicultural families. There's a lot of kids who are growing up in this environment of who am I? Where am I from? Gina told someone at hockey last week or two weeks ago, I'm Canadian. And the kid's mom said, no, you're not. You're Korean. <laughs> and I went, wow. Like, usually they'd say, uh, okay, okay. But the Korean mom said, Lena, you're Korean, Lena. And she's like, oh, you you speak Korean. I said, no, I only speak English because I'm Canadian. I said, no, you're not. You're Korean, Lena. And and Lena, so she was kind of proud. But it's kind of an innocent, right? Okay. Like, it's, it's kind of a, an innocent. I mean, later on in life, that discussion might, you know, make some different emotions or create some different feelings. But what about now as a young adult? Do you do you wish you had a place to say I'm this or I'm that? Or are you comfortable now or are you still seeking or how does it make you feel now? No, now I'm pretty comfortable. Like now living here in Korea is so <laughs> easy to fit everywhere. Because I think when you if I would be like like really Russian, it would be hard to fit here in Asian society or something when you have like this trick kind of ethnicity or something but now i'm just like feeling myself as like mm, a person of the world mm. a like global that. citizen yeah cool. global citizen. and that's that's how i feel kind of going home i don't i don't although we say like going home and we're hockey when it comes to or canadian when it comes to hockey but a lot of ways i don't feel canadian anymore because i've been abroad for so long and when i go home i feel the worst because i really don't feel like i fit in there anymore and it really hits me that, wow, am I different? Like, I'm the same as these people, but but I'm so different. Why do I feel so different? Right. Um, and I, I kind of, it always feels really weird going home. I mean, great to see family and friends, but culturally, I feel very awkward and, and uncomfortable. Mm. And I'm much more comfortable <laughs> here. And I think a lot of that is less eyes and less pressure and less mm. just, I can just kind of be a ghost. And although we're not, like we're <laughs> like a, a goldfish in a fishbowl in some regards, but in terms of, you know, not being part of all the crap that goes on around us all the time, I can just block that out and just so I think, be a nobody. I think about that too. And if you did go back home, don't you have the option to check out of No, because you're, you, you, 
subconsciously interpret everything you hear all day long. The whining, the complaining, the here, if you don't turn your Korean ears on, like your Korean's good. If you don't want to listen to it, you just don't even listen. Mm. You don't have to even try. Just, mm. But if I want it, oh, are they talking about me? Let me check it. Me, oh. <laughs> but in Canada, you have to listen to everybody all the time. And I think that stuff weighs on you. You hear people comparing. You hear people complaining. You hear people yeah. this, that, everything. So, no so I, I guess in the end, maybe if, if you had to weigh the pros and the cons, maybe growing up with those hardships, more benefits than, yeah. than drawbacks. In the, yeah. in That's the what I hope for our kids. Me too. I hope that oh. those hardships make it, and with the with the world globalizing, I think you're better situated mm. to right, succeed right. in the world. Mm. Having those, I don't fit in here. I don't fit in here. Now you come to Korea. Hey, you haven't yeah, fit right, in your right. whole life. Now it's as a easy. child. I thought like it was. Oh, I'm not fitting. Am I? Is there something wrong with me? Mm. But nowadays, it's like a it's a huge advantage. Yeah. Really. The the people who are brought up strictly yeah, to yeah, fit yeah, in, yeah. they get here and you see it with lots of teachers, and they're like. They're like a shark out of water, and they're like, "Shark what, out what? of water, write that down." Fish <laughs> out of water. water. <laughs> what do I? What do I do? Yeah. Um, what did your parents coach you at all growing up? Like when you went home with, you know, some ill feelings, like, "Hey, my teacher pointed me out because of my name," or someone on the playground well, said something. How? What did your parents do to coach you? Did they say anything? Did they say, "Ah, it's part of life. Deal with it." Did you mm. did you share those <clears throat> feelings, excuse me, with, with your parents or was that something you kept inside? Actually, it wasn't like <clears throat> that strong feeling. But of course, growing up, I just shared them. But we just discussed that. I don't remember like exactly what they used to tell me, but mm. we, we definitely discussed that. But it was just a part of our lives. Mm. But okay. you said your father is Russian and your mother is yeah. half French and half R- Russian. Russian? So that probably plays a part of it also. Like for me, I'm, well, I'm Canadian and Italian, but that Italian doesn't play into Korea at all. Um, and my, my wife is just Korean. So we can't really understand the kids' feelings because we don't come from there. But if your mom is half French and half Russian, that's also an interesting mix where she could, she could think on the same level as you as she would have had that growing up as well, probably. No, because uh, although she like ha- ha- have French, but she is like hundred percent Russian. So we have like this society of our own, like with our friends, family members, and stuff. So uh, part of from the school, I was like in this society, so it wasn't hard. Okay. Hmm. What you said? You went to Belarus. Yeah. What What was it like there? Did you were you Did you fit in more there? Did you feel like a like a normal? kid there or did you feel more ostracized there or mm, it's not about fitting i just felt really comfortable there yeah, yeah more comfortable of course definitely it's more politically and socially it's more liberal in uh politically it's not, so. it's not <laughs> it's not it's pretty the same with uzbekistan but like the society the mm. mentality of the society is different. different so it's more kind of suitable for me so <clears throat> you were on the on the same track as uh I don't even know his real name. Jacques? 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 Jacques, 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 Jacques Cousteau. Jacques yeah. Cousteau there. He, uh, <laughs> where you did the, oh, he's, the, man, he's the most interesting guy I've I've met in the past 10 years, I think, who we were working at the bar one night at SEMA. And he, I mean, he spoke Russian, Uzbek, English. French. No, English, Spanish, and again, Korean. Wow. And 
Al was on vacation. We were working behind the bar, and he spoke to everyone. Uh, there was there was one time <laughs> in ten minutes, and he turned around. He heard someone speak in Russian. He's like, "Hey, come here!" And there was another Uzbek guy there. And then a girl came in. He spoke a little bit of Spanish, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what are you? <laughs> this kid like he's uh he's he's programmed himself to to be a world citizen, I guess." But um, coming to Korea, you said you did uh, a year and a half of intensive course, kind of Korean course. That's just language, or are you doing subjects in? Not only language, just subjects. Everything like marketing management, same as here. So is that the Ulsan College campus in Tashkent? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yes. you go, to, so you finish high school, and then you choose to go to the Ulsan College Tashkent campus. Yes. So you do a year and a half there, and then you come here to finish your diploma right. or degree. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. What's your does, What's your language going into that, or the first six months is a language training course? No, we just you, we listen like, for example, like classes like marketing management mm. in Russian, but like we have an intense course of Korean language, so it's like. Have in Russian, have in Korean, but mm. the subjects are all in Russian, uh, either Russian or Uzbek. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. I guess. So you. the Korean part is a language portion. Yeah, yeah. Where you're, just a part. Okay. So you're I studying business and taking some yeah, Korean yeah, language right, right. to prepare you for. Yeah, and there is no marketing in Korean. Mm. So it's. Can you can you take us back and tell us what the high school system is like? What the education system is like in high school? Uh, we actually don't have kind of this. We don't divide because we go to public school. Is totally the same building. So you're like since first grade till yeah, till eleven. Mm. Uh, so it changed it like two years ago. It used to be till ninth grade. Then you need to go to the college, which is not like university. Mm. It's just kind of high school. Yeah, mm. college prep. Yeah. So uh, the system is just you go to school like every six days. <laughs> it was really six hard. days a week. Six days a week. Still. Mm. Yeah, still. Yeah. So you only like nowadays, like uh, only primary school is not going, mm. but everybody. Do you know else Korea was... used to be like that? Yeah, I know. Like Korea only changed probably seven years ago, eight years right. ago. It used to be every Saturday, then two Saturdays, then one Saturday, and then and companies used to be mm. the same. Right. All the companies used to That's work why Saturdays. I, used, I really hate a school. Really, cause <laughs> it's so boring. Uh, when you're in school, you're eight to four, eight to three. What's the uh, eight there all day? to two. Eight to two. And then you guys have extracurriculars after? Are yeah. you playing sports or doing? Just like extracurricular activities, mm. whatever, like oh, English okay. Academy, like music school, something like that. Mm. Hold on. <laughs> when you said English Academy, I'm like, whoa. It's not like Academy. I but, mean, like. But you know, like Korea, where it's all like structured learning, structured academies mm. after school. All the kids no, go no, like eight, Korea. nine, ten o'clock at night. But for us, I mean, yeah, there's Taekwondo, there's piano. But I mean, I think chess and Lego you probably do with your mom and dad at home. Yeah. Um, but lots of kids are soccer, baseball, tennis, golf, hockey, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is is there a lot of the sports and everything, or, or dance or music and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Because ever ever since I was five, I started to go to public school. Then there was like uh, a dance crew, a vocal team, yeah. um, music school, cool. English courses. And you said you. Graduated from music school. Yeah, I graduated. Was that from like music your school. high school was a specified music school? Or? Yeah, no, it's it's totally different. Just buildings and everything. It just you go to a public school and you can go to music school at the same time. So, for example, from eight to two p.m. I'm in a public school. Then I go to 
Uh, the schedule is different, but I go to music school till like every single day, like three or four hours. Hmm. Two. Sometimes. What do you play? Uh, piano. Oh, very nice. Yeah. What What would you consider yourself in terms of levels? Almost professional or? Uh, back at those times, I was or? highly skilled, but nowadays. It's been like three years since I like really played the piano, so I've lost all the techniques and stuff. But uh, two days ago, I signed like the contract with a kind of hug one, but it's not like uh, with no tutor, just mm. to have like the instrument to play mm. on. So I want to start again. Oh, cool! Yeah. Just yeah. curious, how much is it? Uh, like three months is like three three hundred. And you just go play whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And like free drinks and stuff. It's oh. really cool, and you can you can use like recording studio as well. It's a really nice place. Really, yeah. Huh. In the Samsung. Wow, good for you. That's awesome. Most students would never, and ever, I've, ever consider doing something like that. And I also brought my guitar with me from Uzbekistan to yep. Korea. It was really funny because people in the airport was looking at me like, "Are you crazy to play, bring the guitar?" <laughs> to bring it or to play it? To bring it. Because like all the kids were just having their just suitcases and stuff, and we're like guitar. Yeah, <laughs> man. When you see that guy with a guitar, you go, "Okay, I could have fun with that guy." Mm, right, every right. every time anywhere I've been in the airports, you go, <laughs> I, "That that'd be a good guy to hang out with." Because it's pretty inconvenient to kind of travel sure. with guitar. Yeah, but it can also make for like I remember these two Argentinian guys when I was training before I went to West Africa. We were in Toronto, and they both brought their guitars. And the, these guys flew from Buenos Aires to Toronto, and somehow they had pocketed like twenty bottles, and I'm not joking, twenty bottles, like mini bottles of wine from the airplane. And so that night, and they're like, "Everybody, come to our room! Come to our room! We have a party!" Mm. And they pull out all these bottles of wine and two guitars. And I was like, "This is their first night in Canada. Their first night outside of Argentina." Is sitting in our in the hotel room with all this wine they stole from the airplane yeah. and playing guitars. I mean, those guys were the life of the party for the whole six days of training or whatever. And then, then they went to Angola or somewhere. And I'm sure they were the same thing there. Like they just bring their guitars and people come and music connects, man. Mm. Music connects yeah. people. Yeah. No doubt. Um, <clears throat> as, as a trained musician, what I don't know. I, I never played anything growing up. I hope my kids continue to to play as they as they get older but what does music give you in your life like um mm. w when you're playing it is it just satisfaction of hearing the music is it w w what does it what does it do for you is it just like a stress relief i think it's just everything is mm. like music is super enchanting right mm. and just i was growing up listening to sting frank sinatra etc yeah. so uh it was it's just a huge part of me mm. so i think the hugest influence had my mom on me that's mm. probably the reason was she a musician you mentioned she works in an arts and culture center yeah but she she doesn't play anything but she was she's really into music she's a choreographer as mm. well so ah. she can yeah. feel it yeah you can play it she can feel it eh? that's so, awesome. actually it was her dream to play piano but there was no <laughs> opportunities back to her you know what i'm saying because yeah. like the parents are always like this and she wants to live yeah. vicariously through. So, she was really happy when we graduated. More happy than we are. So. <laughs> no doubt. Have you ever composed anything? Yeah, on a guitar mostly. Oh, okay. okay. Can we listen to it? Not right now, but. Uh, yeah, someday probably. I would love to love to hear it. Well, if you can send it to us, I can 
I can okay. throw a throw a little thing in here. You sing too? Um, I'm not like a good singer, but huh. I'm not bad. Nice. That means you're pretty good. <laughs> Nobody Just ever the- says I'm a good singer. I was surprised to hear you say I'm pretty good at piano, but most people don't uh, don't pump their tires that much. But that means you're really good. <laughs> oh, deadly! Send us send us some stuff. I'll throw it in here. Yeah. I'll throw it in here. You'll be a Lena superstar. Okay? <laughs> the I'm curious now that you're you're here and you see the 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 rigor of the study and how much these kids. I don't, I don't know if you see it lots or not, but mm. I, I think it's obvious when you see them and they, they're coming home at 10 or 11 at night and stuff. Is Can you compare a little bit of that to Uzbekistan? And Are grades super important at home? Can you say, I want to be a baker, and your parents say, oh, good job, go be a baker or a mechanic? Or is everyone training to be a doctor and a dentist? Or Of course, like being doctor and teacher is prestigious in Uzbekistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, yeah, but... Not as much pressure as in Korea, definitely. Uh, like grades are important, but not there is no such kind of pressure. But it's, the the system is pretty different. That's probably the key. <laughs> and how would how would you view the Korean system since you've been here? So stressfully useless. Mm. Like that. <laughs> Stressful, useless. <laughs> Why? Because like. I also watch tons of videos on YouTube where kids like waking up at six in the morning and go to bed like two a.m. Mm. and I'm like, how can you like? It's it's physically impossible to study that much. Yeah, it's not effective at all. Yes. So I'm just pity those. It's it's really hard to. I really respect them, but I don't think that you actually need to do that if you want to succeed. So. But of course, if you have like, it's not it's not a wrong dream if you want to go to like Seoul University. Mm. Right. But everybody doesn't naturally want to go there. But I think it's the FOMO, right? Like yeah. my my friends doing it, yeah, and yeah. if I don't do it, and no one wants. It's to. not. It, but it starts. It starts before that. It's the parents. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like my my question always comes when I ask the parents, like, did you go to Seoul University? No. Did you get hundreds on every test? No. What if was your child? And, and, yeah. and I, I get it. It's because, you know, they grew up in a time where, where job and stability wasn't guaranteed. Mm. And it, you needed those scores to get a job at Hyundai, SKLG, or Samsung. And if you didn't have that, you didn't have any stability in your life. So if you got those jobs, they paid for your kids' university. They paid for your vacations. They paid yeah. for everything. The social. But, but Korea's evolved a lot since then. <laughs> a lot yeah. since then. But right. this part of Korea really hasn't. It is changing, and it is changing quick, but not anywhere near as quick as kind of the industry changed. But I think we'll see a huge, huge turnaround in the next five, ten years here. Because yeah, those right. jobs aren't as good anymore, and they're not as lucrative anymore. And there's just lots of independent thinking going on from the kids who have been traveling all over the world. So, And the price of things is caught up with, with big salaries. And I think the main problem with universities and school like academies is that they're kind of there is no foundation for you to failure. You just need to get an A plus. That's, I think mm. that's the problem. For example, like in a university, even if you're good at marketing, like imagine like hundred percent, you're mm. like really good at this subject. But if you miss like two lessons, it's impossible for you to get an A. Mm. But I think in that situation, result is more important than like the path because that's. But I also understand why they're thinking this way because you're like literally saying to the professor, you know, I don't need your lesson to be good at marketing. Mm. So maybe that's why they're now going to give you an A plus or something. 
Uh, there's lots. There's lots to, to unpack there, but I, I don't know. Now you see these guys just say, "Don't eat it." Zuckerberg didn't do it. Musk didn't do it. I don't need it. And you see lots of these guys now with their startups here. They'd started them in university. They dropped. They dropped out as well, or or they continue to finish to please their parents. But you see a lot more of that individual. I, maybe I can do it on my own. I don't need. To, who is this guy? He doesn't. I have a student who has eighty thousand people on her TikTok feed or Instagram. I can't tell her how to get people or how to market on mm. online. But the thing is, she has eighty thousand people, and she's not. It's not uh, profitable. It's not. Mm. She's not. She's not doing anything with it. She has eighty thousand. She's doing nothing. So she does need the education to apply to how to Facebook. how to monetize her. Facebook had a billion before they went public. How to monetize her eighty thousand followers? So yeah, yeah. Do you, can we jump down to to this here? The the first question you got written down there is college necessary? Is that, that what, what did you ask me the first? I met you the first day at that. Yeah. Okay, now now you understand, right? You were pretty new here then. Yes. Yeah, no. It's been like maybe two months. Yeah, hmm. but now you understand. Like, I didn't even know what I was doing there. Anna told me the day before. <laughs> hey, can you go do this conference or something tomorrow? So, <laughs> and I was like, she's in there with like civil servants or I don't know who. Or some random Ajumas or something. And I was like, they told me there's 28 students, but there's only four that day. And I was like, what are we doing here? They were all scared because the lecture are going to be in English. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what happens? So you show up and you, <laughs> yeah. is so there any like, questions? Okay, I'll talk, to you. I'll talk to you. You look cool. And and no, after I said, if there's any questions, you can come talk to me or whatever. And then I think it was that day or the day after or whatever that we were yeah, talking. We've and, been talking like that, like. Nowadays, all the universities, like all around the world, mm. lost their monopoly of knowledge thanks to internet. Oh, okay. Listen, I'm I'm gonna send this home. Be sorry to cut you off, but the currently my niece, my brother's first daughter, is starting to apply to universities. I'm, you know, it, it seems crazy and 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 kind of unconventional thinking, but I've suggested like. Are you sure you need to go to university? What's the, you know, because they are they aren't cheap. If you want to go away, it costs an arm and a leg to, and you don't want to come out with a most with kids, a very most kids going to debt now. A very general undergrad, you know, you're fifty grand in debt, and your and your job pays thirty or forty a year. That's going to take you years to pay off. And is it is it worth doing? Is is college absolutely necessary? Unless it's a, a vocational college where you're going to. Were you going to train to learn a skill or you're very independent and kind of have a, a future goal of, and you know you can do it by yourself, but so what, yeah, that, what, that was the question, right? It was something like, is do you think college is necessary or you're, I thought you were kind of like, what am I doing here? Or, <laughs> no, no, no. or how much do I have to, or do I have to come to all the class or something like <laughs> you, no, I, I didn't know what. And I was like, I don't know, but you're onto something. You caught on really quick. <laughs> actually, I have this, I, rarely ask questions that I don't answer myself. Mm. So I, I had an answer, but I was just curious. Yeah. Like, how do you see this from your perspective? I would love to know what um, the younger generation, different country person thinks about <laughs> whether it's necessary or not. Could you? Could we hear your thoughts on it? It's not necessary, but for me, the answer was network. It was, uh, yeah, okay. it was just easy to get to Korea. And also, where can I meet like tons of people with different interests? Yeah. So just those programs, and stuff. Mm. although they're like ninety um, percent of them might be boring, mm. but still like talking with people, and that was worth it. Like just network. 
That's and that's what I said to my Nepalese kids. Even though they hang out with the same three people every day, they have met a lot of interesting people along the way in their jobs, in the factories they're working at. Me and Jeff and Anna and Professor Saw, they have met a lot of interesting people. But someone like you who's a go-getter will meet a million more. And just going to that piano academy and doing things like this, the Russian yeah. forum or whatever, you, you'll meet a million more. And you're lucky and, and Anna will go to bat for you and send you to all kinds of cool stuff. Some won't be as, as glamorous as the others, but... You'll have a lot of opportunities. Yeah, it was sure. like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. There was like a jazz festival. It was incredible. It was really, it was really high quality. Mm. And I've met. We've been talking like with musicians, and it was really like a good party. Mm. And now we're still keeping in touch. They're like dropping their albums and stuff. It was, it was incredible experience. And there was like uh, a trumpet musician. He was probably like eighty-seven years old. Mm. So. And he was playing the piece, and <laughs> Louis Longstrong. <laughs> of course, like when he's on a stage, there is no age or something. It feels like still like he is like sixteen. So, mm. but there was like I think it was the best joke I've ever heard. He used to play this long note mm. for maybe two minutes. Mm. It was so funny. It was like really jazz festival. It was like. It was great. You're lucky it was at the school. Yeah, yeah. Usually school. usually it's on the other side of the city or something and people don't hear about it. And the only reason that you probably knew about that is because yeah. the guy who organized it's a professor at our yeah. school and it was held at the new building. But otherwise, yeah, it's a kind of a, a lower list event either at the Tewagang or the Buku or the Jungu Center. It was like 11 people, 50 people. Watching? Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Like I just, I don't. That was incredible. I, I was don't. So I don't really get that quality. they can get s- s- good acts and good performances, and people just don't know about it, or don't hear about it, or just don't go. And then that's why people don't want to come back. The crazy thing I find about here too, like at home, if there's a high level jazz festival, there would be security, and right. and everyone would be separated. Here, you can just kind of go talk wa- to the yeah, guys. <laughs> kind of wander in and talk to everyone like, <laughs> in between really toots on his trumpet. <laughs> yeah. Really, really. Uh, but now. But there you just, we're just hanging out. Yeah. But this is the uniqueness of Korea. When we went to F1, Formula One, car racing, me and Jeff walk into the pit yard. Oh. Into the pit yard. And like, you you can't even barely get in the stadium in Europe or, or yeah. America or, or, or the Middle East when you go to watch an F1 race. Uh, practice day one, there was like 20 people there. And we had free rent. We could walk anywhere. Right. And the security, they just go, oh, you're a foreigner? Oh, you must be on the pit team. Nah, okay, go ahead. Like, what? <laughs> like, you would have to show, like, six badges to get in in any other country in the world. Yeah. And here, I mean, man, the Olympics, everywhere, we've had pretty free reign to, you know, mix and mingle with people that we would never, ever have a chance to at home. I went to the World Junior Curling Championships in Chuncheongbukdo, like, 15 years ago. And same, there was, like, eight people watching. Dude, when what the about curling the championships are in Canada, they sell out like 20,000 people stadiums. And I walked right up to the ice maker from Saskatoon and had a full conversation with him in between ends. And I'm like, wow. this is incredible. You can't do this anywhere in the world. Man. Dude, what about world archery championships? Yeah. Right, right in our yeah. backyard, showed up. They brought lunch. They, they delivered lunch to us. It was hilarious. <laughs> you just went and walked in, free admission. That was funny. Yeah. Well, hey, do, you remember, do, you remember, <laughs> do you remember the huge guy directing traffic at F1? With a whistle, no, listen. Lots of them. Driving here is a little more free range than 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 uh, than back home. And there was one guy, I remember, he's just a heavy set dude with a whistle. 
his head looked like it was going to explode. <laughs> oh, it was so funny to watch him try and Ew. sort out. Uh, Organized uh, chaos, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's Korean in a nutshell. Okay, back back to that one. I, I think my answer was also something along those lines that university would give you a foundation and, and it would allow you time to mature and to grow and to build your community and your network and and in that way. Do you feel you're doing that now? Are you happy with the opportunities and stuff that you've gotten here? Or Yeah, I'm happy. I'm pretty happy. You made it to yeah. this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, I'm not like 100% satisfied. Mm. But still, everything the university provides is good. Mm. It's pretty good. I think pretty hard for anyone to be 100%, especially in university. Yeah. So what <clears throat> if we went on, like if you... If you had or if you don't go to college, what would you suggest, Nate, as a as an alternative? So I mean, me, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you say? Like travel, obviously. Is that your? Is the is there an alternative? Are you almost forced into into doing? Are you it? asking me like if my my kids? Use my niece as an example. I'm just glad our kids are behind, so because they're kind of in that transition time where we know that the Bachelor of Arts is useless. Mm. We know it is. Everybody's got it. But what are you doing before that, during that, and after that? If you have a set plan, go do it. My mm. parents would have supported me not to go to college if I had a plan. Yeah. But if you didn't have a plan, then it's best to, to go. Figure it put out. Put the yeah. time in, and you'll figure it out while you're there. You'll meet people. You'll join clubs. You'll join the drama club. You'll join intramural sports. You'll meet people. And hopefully along that road, you will find some passion. Mm. Um, but I, I used to think, like, I grew up when my parents said, um, I remember my cousin took a year off between high school and university and he said, that's not a good decision because you never go back. He's never going to go back. <laughs> and and I thought, Oh, that really stuck with me. Like, and then when I started traveling the world and saw half the world on gap year tours, like from the UK and all over Europe, they're all in these gap years that yeah, it's years standard to take a year off to go and find yourself before settling in. And now I think of the Koreans you study so hard for that college scholastic test, and then you go start university. And you're like, I can relax. No, I got to get another A plus, <laughs> or I can't get the job. And they never have that time to to breathe out and to take in what the world has to offer. Just endless race. Put your head down and yeah, just just follow that rat race forever. To, yeah. So I think at least it's it's parenting. It's all parenting, man. If your parents can teach you that entrepreneurial mindset. And to be independent so that you're confident to go out. Traveling is not for everybody, mm. but there's lots of kinds of travel. You can volunteer. You can go through the church. You can do Habitat for Humanity. You can do a bike tour. There, There is travel for everyone, but you have to know how to find it. Mm. You don't have to do a crazy backpacking trip like people. some people do. Most kids can't afford a five-star hotel tour. So I think, and even traveling your own country. If you went from Vancouver to, to Nova Scotia, I think you'd have a lot of a lot of life experience that you can apply and, and, you know, consider. So I'm just glad our kids don't have to, I think when our kids get to that age, college won't be the same. Totally. It's, it's not going to be, you know, I, I don't know. The original uh, scope of it was that, you know, we didn't have in access to all the information, that's, right? That's what you just said. You can learn everything in university. You can learn online. But, but I mean, if the, you're intrinsically the, motivated, the traditional four-year degree, that was to give you a, a good, range or a good view of of the world you had to take so many classes in different subjects right but now i mean we have all the the information at our fingertips so like i said when our kids go to school we'll probably be more focused 
a more focused. It, ar- it already is. Mm. All the micro degrees and all the extra credentials you can get online. Are you are you doing anything else here while you're studying? Like online, are you doing any yeah, focus study or specific studies? Data science mm. online. Where do you do it through? There is an app called Coursera. Maybe Coursera, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, good. So yeah. Cool. Good for you. I've tried to encourage my kids to do that for <laughs> 10 years, like my students. And I even offer them extra credit. If you show me that you can complete a Coursera or Khan's Academy class during the semester. It's like 30 bucks in a month, but mm. you have like access to everything. So, and here's the thing too, that even if it's not, even if you went to an employer and it's not like, um, it's not Harvard University, if you can show that you're, you're willing that you're yeah, that you're motivated. You're willing to learn. Yeah. You're learning and maybe applying something. Speaks to your character. I would yeah. I would take you know. I, I would take that. Uh, Doing something extra. Character over over someone who just you know bought their bought their way through university. So you're you're here. <clears throat> you you grow your network. You get all these great experiences for two years, um, and now a lot of the kids, especially in the English track students, they just stay on. Because because they don't know what to do next. And this is typical in the Korean university students as well. What are you going to do after you graduate? I don't know. I'll just do my master's. Because I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what job I can get, so I'll just do my master's. And now I think Korea has the highest rate of master's degrees in the world. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> they're like a dime, they're like a dime a dozen. Everybody has one. The guy at McDonald's has a master's degree. Because he just didn't know what else to do. And for lots of guys now, at, when I was at UNIST, if you did your master's, PhD combined... You could skip the military. Mm-hmm. So two years of military or six years or five-year combined program for master's, PhD. Ah, okay. At least I'll have a master's and PhD and not waste mm-hmm. two years in the military. So it's it, they're, they're so overeducated here. What about for you? What is two years and then what? Um, again, it depends on who am I talking with because when like the professor asked me like university it's hard to answer because they expect me to answer in a certain way just to give them like <laughs> a business plan 10 years mm. ahead uh, I'm just I'm just doing what I like and I want to stay curious and to travel to explore as much as I can I don't have like the strict plan to like okay pass this exam then go to like interview to get a job in like some song industry not like that but do you have any aspirations to study in America or yeah, yeah, to backpack in Central America or? I want to study in Sweden. Uh-huh. So that's why I like one of the goals for this year for me is to start studying French. So um, my hobby is kind of wine and everything related to wine. So it's necessary to My know daughter's French. a good winer. <laughs> oh, so, winer. Drum roll. <laughs> What, what what French and Sweden? How does it connect? Uh, because like Sweden, first like I'm really interested in Sweden, but they're like they speak English definitely and French at the same time, and um really just really? yeah yeah they do. Huh. There is like a French speaking part of Sweden. No way. Huh. Yeah. Oh, I met a lot of Swedes who don't speak any French. Really? <laughs> they must not be from like, that part. <laughs> Three friends from Sweden. Yeah. They speak French. Cool. Sweden. I'm sure in, in all of Europe, there's pockets that yeah, speak yeah, yeah. all the languages everywhere. But, but cool. like Sweden, I'm just like interested in <laughs> the way they live. You know, their philosophy called lagom, L-A-G-O-M. Like just enough, which means like enough, nothing more, nothing less, just enough. I'm pretty just interesting to dive into this lifestyle. Yeah. You mean like highest there. on the happiness index every year? Uh, not really. I'm just interested in how people Lago. live there. Mm. But that's but that's the just enough 
mentality. Yeah. I you love don't have that greed, that yeah, greed yeah, yeah, yeah. that just breathes all over. I love the words that can't be translated perfectly from one language to another. Yeah. And this sounds like one of them. Like, oh, that's yeah. the ooh, every time. That's the happiness index. Yeah. Norway, Sweden, Norway, Finland. Sweden. Norway, Sweden, Finland. Highest taxes in the world? Norway, Sweden, Finland. Mm, right. Most maternity, paternity leave, parks and everything else? Norway, Finland, Sweden, Finland. To do Angola. I've seen like tons of videos on YouTube again. And it's fascinating. Angola is really great. I've never thought that Angola has such a... Like, the nature is incredible. Mm. Oh, but, that's, but that's almost all of Africa. Yeah. I would say uh, probably, probably probably every every country's got their got their <laughs> diamonds, right? Are you surprised at the nature in Korea? I was uh, yeah. shocked. I was shocked when I got here. Actually, like me, I was really prepared before coming here. I really wanted to come to Korea, and I read lots of books in Russian, which was available about Korea. Watched all of probably all of YouTubers, so <laughs> I was I was really ready to live here i knew like how to make a bank account how the taxes everything works oh, coming, so yeah. the nature and it wasn't surprising to me so i wasn't one of them who still like whether it's north korea or south korea is it dangerous to live in korea yeah. I wasn't like that. So i just were... didn't find the part that said it's 70 percent mountains that's the only part <laughs> i missed i did lots of research i just i guess i have so many impressions burned in my mind of of Kind of Tokyo, Beijing, Seoul, lights and people, lights and people, mm-hmm. 24 hours, the cities that never sleep. And then I got and I was like, wow, this is, I'm from the prairies now in Canada and there's no mountains. So just this was kind of like yeah. wild. Actually, Uzbekistan is the same. It's super flat. But the thing that surprised me was only one thing. Where is the stars? This Where's is, the stars in the sky? Come on. Because it's super... Well, like, it's, it's funny you say that for the first time and it, I stopped... On, uh, I mean, if you're in the city, you couldn't, yeah. you can't see it. But I went for a run on New Year's morning, and I was going over the bridge into Daegwon, the in the back yeah. entrance. Man, I stopped. I went like all the, the all the lights were off. I think they didn't want people gathering in there for the mm-hmm. sunrise. And I walked in. I was like, Oh my God! Look at this, man! It was. It's not like being in the in the country in the countryside at home, but. It was the first time in almost 15 years I went like, oh, wow, you can see some stars. There was a... I was going to take a picture two days ago mm. and I looked up and you saw the streak from the airplane. And I was like, in Canada, it's one of the first things my kids notice anytime we're in Canada is all the airplane lines crossing the sky mm. from the from the exhaust. And in Korea, I've never, I almost never, ever, ever see it mm. because you can't even see that high usually. The, the ceiling is so low. But you could see that huge white stripe across the sky. I said, Lena, look at that. And she goes, whoa, airplane. <laughs> and I was like, holy man, it, it's really clear today. And mm. you can actually see. Mm. But do you miss Do you miss that at home going out, looking up and seeing the stars? Um, sometimes. Yeah. But... Um, when you're, you live in a big city, is it easy? I mean, when you go outside of, out front of your house, you can look up yeah, and see yeah. a whole. Even if you live in a big city, it's still just really sure. visible. Oh, it's so wild. We're so we're so disconnected from Earth, and or I mean, we're just so looking down almost at our feet. Yeah, yes, surrounded here, by cement. Here, here I think like one. I think there's probably in this part there's probably less stars. What do you, then? What? What are you talking about? Okay, because even in, at my mother-in-law's, there's no lights hmm. on a crystal clear day. There's no. There's not. There's twenty stars. At home, any day of the week, I can look up and see the Milky Way, and there's a bazillion stars. You can't see that here every night. 
do you think there's dude the 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 earth is turning through the through the whole night actually in angola the best picture of milky way and uh, the star the like really nice star sky Mm. best picture was taken in angola Mm. the yeah i I definitely think well either it's the fog or the haze or whatever that's always over the city the the whole if the if we were in the middle of nowhere or i mean if they turned the lights off in korea maybe in north korea you could see dude there's a billion stars everywhere Craziest one when I was in Ottawa rafting. Have you ever been up there? Whitewater rafting. I've been... Man, when you look up at night, the mushrooms made it even better. But it was just, man, I've never seen so many Dude, goddamn stars. And... No, it wasn't. It was... <laughs> I saw that many at the Grand Park the other day. They had some lasers on, and I thought it was. If you had mushrooms, <laughs> you'd think there's a lot of stars. It was. Here. Uh, it, it was absolutely incredible. And I just, I mean, even growing up in Niagara, where. I don't think there's that much light pollution, but it was uh, it was shocking to see. What are what are some of the other things you said? You it was kind of easy to adjust, but you can only prepare so much watching YouTube. Once you hit the ground here and you you got your feet wet, what were some of the harder things, or what what might have surprised you a little bit that you know might have been wrong from YouTube, or what was easy to adjust to or hard? Actually, there was no culture shock for me at all. Mm. So, uh, like wow. Actually, you can be ready just watching YouTube and reading because there's tons of information and you can actually kind of understand whether it's right or not. But the shock, something that shocked me. I mean, I used to listen to like Korean music back to like Uzbekistan and Russia, but being in Korea and listening to Korean music, it was totally different experience. (laughs) Yeah. It was like really different. It was like, it was a whole, I have like favorite songs and I started listening to them. We were just going... Uh, from an airport to like KTX station and the song was totally different like looking at the landscape and everything mm. I kind of realized what is the song about mm. it was totally different huh. I remember that clearly uh-huh, cool and that's yeah being but, being in a different place I've heard tunes here too and it, it just it's that moment in time you're mm-hmm. like oh it just it hits different you know? but you can't simulate online people elbowing you out of the way at the bank or or they can tell you Korea driving is crazy but until you almost get hit on the sidewalk by four delivery guys. But actually, like driving is pretty similar to the way, right? <laughs> especially okay. like especially Samarkand. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. But I've never experienced like people pushing me or something. So no. Good. Maybe it's changing. I still get a few few elbows wherever I am. But of course, at first it was really kind of new for me to feel that much attention all the time because people was always like turning to see whether i'm like a foreigner or someone <laughs> so at first but now i'm just like get used to that yeah it's it's changing lots man. if if you didn't get a visa or didn't get accepted to the college or didn't come here what would you be doing now probably i i'll go to belarus because my sister lives there like it's been like seven years maybe mm-hmm so and yeah to try something there as well cool like studying or probably studying silly uh i go for it new year's just passed Uh, as far as i know russian new year's is quite a big celebration is that right can you uh can you tell me a little bit about your experiences as a a few costco bottles of vodka yeah, no, but I, I, I've, I heard a story recently about uh, Russian New Year's. And I'm interested to hear your, um, your experiences with it. From what I've heard, it's just a, a time when um, kids can 
they get a a chance to peer into the adult world where you can stay up all night and parents get together and they can for the first uh, they said there's not many chances and this was from a guy in russia but um he said people on new year's everything's there there's no politics or there's speaking of politics but there's no how do you say you're very free to speak you're very free to open open your your full mind and and whatnot but i want to hear your experiences with new year's mm. new year was always like a, a big holiday for mm. us so it's it's pretty the same with christmas mm. but just the dates are different so we also have like a santa claus but Wait, what's his different. name what's his name oh uh, santa you- claus do you, you don't call him Santa Claus, though, is it? Jet Maros. Yes. And he'll bring you a gift. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. So it was like when it was little, it was a really big deal because we used to have like bananas. Bananas was really, it was something. From wow. Santa? He, no, not from Santa, from our parents. <laughs> like we used to eat bananas uh, because it was pretty expensive. Like, yeah. Uh, and pineapples. Yeah. And, and, you know, the smell of the oranges mm. for every Russian is the smell of New Year. No way. Huh. Yeah. Cool. I, that, do you mean like the, we call them mandarin oranges? Mandarin oranges. Mm. Because same, like we eat them here all year round. They're more yeah. prominent here around Korea, around Christmas. But in Canada, they're called Christmas oranges mm. because we only get those boxes of mandarins at Christmas right, time. Right, right, So, the so smell, probably, oh, that's right. The best, the best chocolate. No, yeah, no, you are The right. only yeah. time we get it, we used to call them Christmas oranges because that's, that's when you'd get them. But here we have, they're all, they're around all year round here. So I don't know ah. what the difference because we're proximity to China. I don't know what, but man, in Canada it's only around Christmas. So funny you say that because as soon as you saw those, you go, "Oh, it must be close to Christmas." <laughs> so when I was a child, we used to get ready like four months before they actually to get ready for Christmas. Yeah, no Christmas, New Year. New Year. Oh. Buying like really uh, expensive chocolate, something like this. Just like in August, you're looking yeah. at the chocolate aisle. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, there is always like the kind of joke that don't touch this. This is for New Year yeah, yeah. among like our age group, and mm. it's really it's really funny because you just actually we have like a storage for like New Year. So, wow. and everyone was really anticipating and mm. waiting for that. So, is that you dress up as well, right? Everyone wears a nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wears something nice really thing. nice and beautiful, and it's really a magical day for kids. Because especially, like, my parents, they were crazy about, like, the Santa Claus. Because even, I used to believe into Santa Claus till I was 15. I'm not lying. Yeah. Because. Me too, almost. If you will see what my parents do, you will still believe it. That, that's yeah. what I say. They, my mom first made dad to go to a post office. So they bought a present. So they kind of wrap it up. They put actual stamps, the address, everything. Because I was clever that yeah. maybe I was a 10. <laughs> and the actual postman brought this. Of course, oh. I would believe it. Oh, and man. every single year was different. I'm, I'm, I'm really, wow. I'm still not sure whether it exists. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. We had we had five kids searching the house, high and low, mm. every single place. There's no way on Christmas Day you could have all those presents unless it was some magical yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we would tear the house apart from beginning of December, looking, right, sniffing right. around, trying to find. Do this, wow. And and like we had seven people, so <laughs> there's a lot of mm. presents and. Man, I don't know how the heck they did it. And still, I mean, I, I remember asking dad one time when I was doing it here for my kids and saying, like, how the hell did you guys do that? Like, it's hard with just two kids. I can't imagine having 
a five, seven, nine, eleven, and thirteen year old all searching the house, sniffing mm. out their gifts, mm. like <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Yeah, and also we have like like a Times Square kind of celebration we call like this when you're counting down like uh, five, four, three, mm. and first we listen to a Russian president, and we listen to this because uh, we have like a different time, like two hours. Mm-hmm. Different. So then we listen to Uzbekistan president, mm. and then we're just coming down. So we listen uh, to both of the countries. Uh, like so, which New Year do you celebrate? The Ru- is different time zones. Russia and Tashkent. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, but if you're in Vladivostok, it's like two days before. Yeah, no, like <laughs> Moscow time. Yeah. Mm. So it was really funny that we used to listen to Putin first, then to our president, uh, like every single year. Well, in Korea, it I doesn't matter whether you're like political. You yeah. just like okay. That's New Year. Yeah, see that that's what I, I find really interesting about it. All the guards like all your defenses go down. Yeah. And what about the, the culture with the with the adults? This is something that's shared with family, with neighbors, with everyone? Uh it's a fa- definitely like family familiar family. thing. Cool. The, I spent shout out to the White Snake, Petey. <laughs> Must have been two thousand two thousand six maybe. We spent New Year's in the Red Square mm. in Moscow. And wow, Red Square. Wow, that was crazy at the Kremlin and and the St. Basil's in the back and we that's where that's where I saw all those <laughs> all those harassments of people and how many times we got harassed was walking around in preparation for that and then to get in and that was nine eleven was what? Two thousand one? Yep. So that was two thousand six maybe. So everything was kind of still tight security and stuff because of that and we got in there and wow that was have a really funny picture that was wild and i i didn't know anything about how how much they anticipated celebrating anything i just thought you know this is a winter winter country cold and outside and they get similar (laughs) holidays that we got and we we had a lot of fun there boy there was more how many kilos one cut one cut going around there than how many how many kilos of of, uh, fireworks did you have yeah. <laughs> Nowadays it's kind of we're not allowed to do it in the city. Mm. But when I was little, like the fireworks, everything was was huge. Mm. Cool. Mm. You got the picture? Yeah. Oh, let's see. How do you celebrate New Year's here? Just with some of my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Drink some vodka. Tell them what you really think. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we drink wine, wine. Wine. Oh, nice. Wine. Korean oh, wine or. No, it was. Wild vines. It was Israel. Wild vines. <laughs> they have it now. It's Carlos. Carlos something is the name. Carlos Rossi. Strawberry Carlos Rossi or something. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> I think Carlos. Well, with guests. Dude, I think there's a guy in my hometown named Carlos Rossi. He's a glass blower. Those jugs of yeah. the wine looks like something he'd blow. A couple friends who do it. Glass blowing. Yeah. Like their job. Like they have studios. I think I can get an oven in here. <laughs> get an oven in here a kiln dude I think if Start you did it that'd be the most interesting hogwan thing around the Yuchuans would come and blow glass it's, it's really <laughs> yeah but it is it's what really, kind of insurance policy it's you need really for that? cool Jesus. that's what she does she does all the arts clinics and arts classes for all the kids they come and learn how to I blow I wonder glass. what the learning curve is on that what do you think well, six you gotta, months you have to help them I mean I, have, I, have, I you've seen the YouTube videos yeah they get dude they there's sh- awesome stuff really awesome stuff hey watch this I'll make a I'll blow a a, a horse and <laughs> no wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. So I, that, I seen a guy make a horse though. I, I was you the yeah. Is was that a a feeling or a time of 
of missing home and homesickness and stuff here? Or were you equally as prepared to leave home and leave all that stuff behind when you left? I think I was prepared at first, but of course there was like maybe 10 seconds feeling like, oh, maybe it's a little better if we'll be all together. Mm. But it was fine because we used to spend our new year uh, just apart from each other. So it was, but the next, every single new year is more valuable when you're not together. Hmm. So the next is going But it's just kind of celebrate where you are with who you're with at yeah, the time. Yeah, if, if there is no people that I want to be with, I'm pretty okay with not celebrating. Hmm. Good. Cool. And that that's part of that being flexible and transient yeah, and right. being able to move and because some people some people have such a hard time missing out on those. And I was kind of the same. I think when I left, I'd already been abroad and when I was in West Africa, they didn't celebrate anything. <laughs> Nothing that I was used to. None of the sports I was used to. I was like, okay, just quit and give up on everything you knew and just accept this new. So I accepted soccer and, and stuff I really didn't enjoy before. And yeah, really had a great time. But I'm really kind of sorry for my classmates who are coming, who came to Korea, willing to become a Korean. Because they're like, I'm not fitting, but come on, you're not Korean. Of course, you're not, you're not gonna fit. You will never become Korean, no matter but how. But some of them want to be Korean, like they want to. Yeah, it's especially like uh, Koreans from Uzbekistan, ethnical right. Koreans. Yeah. But uh, they they struggle that I'm not fitting. I they I they will never treat me like a Korean. Of course, because you're not Korean. It's just yeah. like, it's. I think it's not good to. Don't pretend. You gotta yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be. That's who what you I are. told you about the group with the American Koreans. Yeah, they just, you just struggle a lot. I I feel bad for those guys as well. They they come here. They think, okay, this is my home. This is where my blood is from. This, mm. but then they realize really quickly that that might be true. But <laughs> these people don't care. That's not. They're not treating them like a Koreans. They yeah. still foreigners to them because they're they're they may look. D- the same but they're different yeah. because everyone draws the line in a, in a different place of what constitutes a, a korean right or what constitutes a, a person in general and we had one of my old unit students on here tony and uh he had grown up in ghana and he speaks fluent chui and enzima and he hangs out with the ghanaian students at school and he's a big guy like me he's not a typical korean looking guy he's a big guy like me and he hangs out with all the west africans at school and it, <laughs> it was the weirdest thing when i when I walk, I speak some tree still, and I would talk to the guys. And when I heard him, and then people would see the three of us, like a big Korean dude, the black West Ghanaian guys, and then a white Canadian, and we're all speaking this African language. <laughs> what are these guys doing? <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, between me and him, like we both didn't, don't really fit in. He's Korean. He doesn't fit in here anymore because he was raised, culturally he was Ghanaian, but ethnically he was Korean, but he doesn't fit in but he said he felt more Ghanaian right like mm. going to high school and stuff mm. but Just, of course I had no intention coming to Korea like become Korean because I even look different it's sure. impossible sure no doubt isn't that a Korea boo we talked about uh, that you watch all those videos she'll know this <laughs> stuff yeah do you know oh, what's Anna was just do you know Anna no. No, not that Anna, different Anna. She's at the university. Oh, Anna's at the university. Anyway, she came in and she was a huge like K-pop fan and, and loved Korean culture and she talked about Korea boos and that's do you know what a Korea boo is? Yeah. That's someone who comes and wants to be Korean? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. No the, Korea boos. <laughs> you, you talked about some of your hobbies and stuff and mentioned music and reading and hiking and traveling and arts and stuff. Have they changed or has your perspective changed since 
arriving here since coming here. I mean, I guess it's been Corona, so not really in terms of K-pop and stuff. But hiking, there's Korea's got an awesome culture for hiking. Yeah. And excuse me, mountains everywhere. Um, traveling, I guess, non-existent since Corona, but still traveling in Korea can still be pretty fun. And there is a lot of artsy stuff in town. You just have to go looking for it. Yeah, have that's you been what able I'm to find doing. There's a I've new. Been in pretty lots of places. There's a new art uh, museum that just opened. I think kids oh. are going today or tomorrow. It's uh, in Songnamdong. Okay. I think it's called Ulsan UAM Ulsan Museum of Arts. You, mm. anyways, huh? I'll, I'll send you the link after. But so I try to travel as much as possible in Korea, mm. and I've actually met some of the artists there uh, here in Ulsan and. Their brand called Pitkuanamu, which is literally translating like light and wood, and mm. they make like incredible piece of art mm. with the light and really slight and smooth part of uh, the wood. Mm. So, and I've been in Chonju, Kanju. There was tons of like, especially Kwanju. There are lots of artists, like incredible artists, mm. and we've been just talking and hanging out. So I try to do it as much as possible. Cool. Being here in Korea. What what is your preference, or what do you, what is what are you pulled towards? Painting or sculptures or painting? What painting? painting. Bring it over to Mr. Kim there. Oh, I've actually I was listening to your last podcast with Mr. Kim, oh, and I started googling. Here, here, here. Have a look at that after. And I was I was I was listening today yeah. and yesterday, so I I started googling and I find, uh, the picture called. Mehla, which means yeah. like plum blossom. Plum blossom. It was incredible. I've never thought. Oh, of, Listen, never s- hold on. When you see it in real life, it's a it's a different. Yeah, I understand what it is. If it's you, if you want to go there, we can tell you. We can hook you up with him. He's right over, not far from. Oh, really? 10 minutes yeah. from now. It's really good. He's got a really awesome studio. And also, I, like three weeks ago in Ulsan Library, there was like <gasps> the urban sketch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's one of my students. That. That's one really? of my students was in Some there. Some of them yeah. were incredible yeah. it was really good it's really interesting to see the place that you were actually in jang sing po is like, lots of them eh? yeah and it was it have was, you been uh, to jang sing po yeah yeah that's they do a lot of the sketching there i'll show you the you have instagram yeah i'll write the lady's name down it's aricha aricha 2818 i think she's i refer this lady to everyone oh man she's got incredible Nate, like when you look at a building or she'll sit down and just look at like a, a ship in the water, she'll sketch it in, in five minutes, throw some paint on it. And you're like, what did that take you? It looks like it took her a lifetime. Oh, huh. it's, it's incredible. The, uh, yeah, I, again, he was in here talking and telling his stories and stuff, but Brian went to the studio before he came in and I didn't go till after. So I didn't really really get it or understand but oh. once you go into a studio you go man you could you could sit in there for a month and just look at all the different paintings it's just yeah just really wild and to think that he's just in like a warehouse building where the, it could catch on fire or have water leaking or water pipes break was like mm. man you don't want to have this stuff that might yeah you don't want to have this stuff secured that's not her no no i mean oh that's the same thing yeah yeah that's the same the same one yeah so what about uh what about the hiking? Have you been part of? I mean, Koreans are wicked hikers. <laughs> hikers, they go they go all out. They got their Mount Everest gear. Have you joined any of the hiking trails or groups? Yeah, or? so um, with like a group of Koreans, I did it maybe 
twice. Mm -hmm. So I prefer doing a lot, a lot. So what, what were your experiences like for me? I mean, I, I go with the kids, Bri goes running in the mountains and we bring the kids sometimes, but it's very, I think very different than home mm. where home, it's kind of like relaxed and it's kind of like enjoy nature and stuff. And here, <laughs> here's like an attractive, uh, it's more like, you have to have all the gear. You got to have the right snacks. You got to have the right everything. I'm like, <laughs> right, right, right. no, I just want to go and enjoy nature. Yeah, right. I don't care what having all that stuff my... and carrying a 40 kilo pack just for a, a half day <laughs> hike or something. Especially like all people, they like really fully prepared. They have <laughs> all the equipment and everything is fun. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, I have my, I'm just going to go this way. No slippers. So it's fine. Uh, I'm usually basketball shorts and, a, yeah, and right, shoe, right. running shoes. And they're like, they already think I'm weird and crazy anyway, so I'm not. I asked. I don't the, care about that. I asked my father-in-law about that. He just said, "Like, why, why do you need all these things?" And he goes, "Ah, Koreas, they're strong marketing. <laughs> he goes, they they sell. I think he said they sell well. They can sell things well. But I mean, there is. He laughs when I'm like, dude, I I can run up this mountain. What do you? Why do you need two sticks? He's like, ah, they. You know, got to you got to play the role, right? <laughs> if you're doing it. But. Um, you you talk lots about the arts. And, and music and stuff. Um, is that something that will play into the future? Do you think your future job or employment will have to do with those things? Or yeah, maybe think, looking forward a bit, where do you see yourself going? I think something really strongly evolved with art. So whether it's music, whether it's like drawing, painting. It, and in turn, not the production part of it, but... Yeah, not, not the production part, not, definitely. But maybe like the the business part of it, or organizing it, yeah, or yeah. like that, or yeah. what? What or do you see yourself maybe kind doing? of organizing? Just because there's, I know lots of like small artists for now, and it will be really great to make something really big out of that to gather them all together. You live just over here, yeah? Or you? No, li I live in Samsung. We live in Samsung. Yeah, you come in from Samsung every day. Yeah. Huh. Near to Lotel Hotel. Oh, okay, okay. She told you she did her research before she came. <laughs> the kids have no idea what they're doing. Live right beside the college. Uh, well, anyways, right beside the college. There's She's another partying in Samsung. There's party. another studio that just opened. A guy who does uh, oil paintings and urban sketching as well. I think I saw something like that there. It's right. Uh, it's right. Do you know where Saint Malgum Go Bank is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just chunk chunk and turn left. Mm. He's right. Uh, he's right there. Anyways, so I'll introduce after. Do you think? Uh, do you think you? You, you're, this would end up taking you back home and promoting and sharing artists from home? Or would you maybe see yourself working internationally? Of course, working internationally. Mm. That's why I'm here. <laughs> nice. Well, I do. But, I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of students are here, get the knowledge, get the money, go home, start a business. Go home. It's much easier, I think, for, for anyone who has these experiences that are coming from countries that are still uh, developing a lot or not on the global s stage, it's a lot easier to go home and start a business than it is to try and make it in a rich country where, you know, the markets are so saturated. Yeah, it is. It might be easier, but I will not feel satisfaction. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm. So I want to be satisfied. So where do you, where do you think you might end up? Are you just anywhere, wherever the wind takes me? Or do you have a strong feeling for European art or the big not and boldness really of America? Asian or? art, European art is just an art for me. And it's incredible in the form that it is. So I think uh, I I wish I could show like Europeans the Asian art more the same as for Asians. So mm -hmm. I think it's like a modern day Genghis Khan. Yeah. There you go. 
Did I say Even Genghis Khan? In Uzbekistan, Genghis there Khan? is like three <laughs> artists which they're incredible. Mm. Those pieces of art, the world should see this. It's really incredible. But yeah. they isn't that everywhere? Have... Isn't that everywhere? Like yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I mean, you don't. If it's not on Netflix or whatever, you don't see it. But mm. but everywhere you go, like I was in the Saharan desert, and some of the the the, the artwork they do there with sand would blow your minds and like you could have artists who have a million years experience they could never make something like this but you have to you, you have to be from there and grow up there to be able to do this but you nobody have to will give, ever see it it has to be a story too right because the yeah. the reason people from there get it because they they've lived it right so if you can take what's his name Charan Kim's Meiwa and explain that you know, in in give the the picture a story and a background and explain the how it blooms in the winter and you can see the contrast with the snow and make it special. That's what that's what people buy, man. Yeah. You're buying the you're buying the story, not so much the well the painting too. But you but want the, I like I like the you, I like the unique stuff. Like when you go mm -hmm. when you go to these other countries that aren't mainstream, you see stuff that's not produced every day mm -hmm. in Western countries where it's all the same things and people doing all the same stuff. Even like, like even like the colors of those paintings are really new for your eye. Mm. Even like the perspective, of course, is cool, but even the colors are pretty different. So. Mm. The uh, I remember buying a pair of bullhorns in Mali. And I just had to have them. They were like probably two and a half feet horns. Mm. And they were carved and engraved. And the carvings on them were like of villages and stuff. And it was just incredible, incredible work. And I just had to have them. And I carried around these bullhorns for the next <laughs> six months in my backpack. Because I they were just, they were just so impressive. And at home, you know, you shoot a deer or an elk and you mount the horns. And it's just on the wall. But... <laughs> But these were like a conversation. I mean, you could talk about these for hours, man. Yeah. And actually, we we got on the plane, and that would have been 2003, maybe. Mm. We got on the plane to go home, and they said I couldn't bring them on the plane because they were a weapon. Oh, you know, I, I had them on carry-on because I didn't want them to break. And they said, was it these Korean are a dangerous weapon. No, I was flying out of Africa. And they oh. said, these are a danger, dangerous weapon. Oh. You can't bring these on the plane. I was like... If it's crazy. No, like you're gonna tell me you gotta confiscate them? Like, come on, look, look at these, man. Yeah. Anyways, they took them and put them in the pilot's cabin or whatever until we got there. And oh, they were they were gorgeous. I I like the unique stuff that I can't find where I just go regular. I mean, I can appreciate the time and, and that one, it's like and really, effort and. But oh. still, the culture. Uh, my family bought uh, like two weeks ago. We have like a small collection of like the small artists like paintings and people still don't understand why do we spend the money like why do you pay even for that mm. so the culture of like especially in Uzbekistan of buying something like this is pretty new mm. you know? I, I people can... don't understand why do you need to spend the money on that I sometimes you see something you're just like I just you, you have mm. to have it I don't know right. yeah. I mean I yeah. but I, I understand the... if it's a business and you know you got a bunch of bare walls and you have a you know, this clientele, you expected to have this kind of image or whatever. I get all that. But I think I would have to be pretty financially sound to start spending any significant amount of money on art. Mm -hmm. When I'm in Southeast Asia, I mean, the things you can get for 10 to 50 bucks, right, right, I think right. are amazing. And I have no problem. I'd love to be plastered my house with all those amazing things. Yeah. Um, but if it's going to be in the thousands and ten thousands, I, mm -hmm. I don't understand that if you're not... And I think most people... You are, spend within your limit, right? Sure. Yeah. If someone has 
a billion dollars, 10 grand is nothing Mm. to them, right? Yeah. Maybe that can segue into my next one. Most students here struggle financially. They can't focus on their studies. My students, half of them don't even come to class because they have to work. And the sole purpose of being here is to have the visa to work, to send money home. They just can't even see far enough ahead to know that if you just got a, a C plus or a B or whatever it is, one, you get a scholarship that covers X amount of your tuition. So you don't need that other money from the job mm. because you'll get it if you just get your grades up a little bit. And two, if you work hard, you can stay two more years and keep your visa for two more years instead of failing and being sent home. Um, man, you're living in Samsung and, and joining the piano Academy and stuff. Do you have any financial concerns here? Are you working at all? Or are you fortunate that your parents can help support you so that you can kind of explore your dreams and you get a whole different experience here? Mm, I don't have any financial like struggles here. And I also live by myself, so my parents don't actually support me. Uh, I work. Did you say you do or don't have financial struggles here? I don't have don't. financial yeah. struggles. Mm. So I just work. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I work like everybody does, mm. but not like uh, on a factory or somewhere. But yeah. Can you say where you're working? I work in a kindergarten. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, Good. so... Did you read that on YouTube before you before you got here? No, no. How to do that? Cause Actually, I never was looking for a job. I just came and Anna was like, oh, you know, there is like this kind of place. They used to call me like, uh, which actually means like, Alina who knows English. Mm. So that's how <laughs> I got the job. And I have, I have two jobs, one on Sunday and other is just, it depends on the schedule. So, mm. and... Uh, I pay for myself everything. Yeah. It's awesome. the the school everything. So they Good send me, but I'm not like receiving it. So it's just sometimes just to buy a present. But it's, they're not like. Of course, the first time that I came, they gave me a certain amount of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, now I'm they're good. not supporting. But me. you're making it good for yeah. you. That's awesome, man. The, I think I just can't do this. Why not? Yeah, sure. But but most most of the students aren't in your situation where they could get a job yeah. as Yongotare, whoever. <laughs> their, their English isn't good enough. But I've told all the ones who are, you guys should be out there doing these part-time bits because you make more in four days than a month in the in the factory. And it's just that grueling. Like, I feel sorry for some of my... I said the other day, for the male students, like, I think it really grinds on them mentally and physically. They're physically and mentally Exhausted. tired. Yeah. Tired. And, and I, I understand that they... They don't want to come or they're too tired to come or they don't get their assignment. I understand it. Um, but I just don't, uh, I don't... I don't know. It's hard. I think, like, everybody, of course, have the same, like, different backgrounds and stuff. But it was your choice. It was my choice to study English. It was my choice to come to Korea. It was my choice to study hard. So... That's what I kind of, I kind of think. Like, my dad would say, okay, work is important, but have your priorities in order. Yeah. School first. Work as much as you can after that. Yeah. But... Don't get F's and C's and D's and complain to the professors mm. when you're not going to school and you're doing garbage work. Mm. Yeah. And that that's my problem with it is that, guys, I understand. But listen, you guys aren't efficient with your time. And you wait until the last minute till tuition's due to decide to go get a job tomorrow picking apples for the day to pay your tuition when you could have done it all summer. 
when you were watching Netflix all summer. Mm-hmm. They, they just, I just find they don't prioritize their time well. I, I used to work when I was in Uzbekistan as well. I used to make PPTs for mm-hmm. uh, online Korean school. So if you're if you're good at something, the money just will come. I think that way. You just need to. That's why you got to follow what you're good at. Yeah. Follow your passions. If you're good enough at it, you'll start making money. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a, the back to the Korean education system where if you're bad, at, they don't focus on what you're good at. But if yeah. you're low in something else, they want to bring that up. Right. Huh. Is uh, good. Well, I, I'm going to go a totally different direction. If you want to stay on, I was too good. Okay. What do you read? Lots of Russian literature. Yeah, like I really love it. Yeah, like my favorite one is called First Love. Yeah. It's written by Ivan Turgenev. So even my phone number ends with one eight six zero. It is eighteen sixty. It's the year when this book was published. published yeah. So I really love Russian. Uh, it's, that's it's incredible. So Russian language is super hard. I'm so grateful that the Russian is my mother tongue. Because the culture and everything, it's impo- I think it's still impossible to understand, even though you will be like living in Russia. But if you're not, if it's not your mother tongue, it's so hard to understand. Mm. It's really hard to understand. Yeah. But like life-changing books wasn't a Russian. I mm. I've read, when I was 10, I read, how was that in English? To Kill the Mockingbird yeah, when yeah. I was 10. And before that age, I've never thought about the word equality. Uh, and it was also kind of life-changing for me. And at the age of 15, I read the book called The Godfly by Atelier Lynn Voynich. I, I don't think. know. The Godfly? Gadfly. Oh, Gadfly. Gadfly. It was incredible. If mm. you if you, if you have, have never thought of, have never heard about that book, you should read it. I was just sit, sitting still like for five minutes. It was incredible. The book huh. was really incredible. I feel like I... I know that, and it's a and it's a very important book. But I just Plies. yeah, no, yeah, that, that I thought you said the Godfather at first, and I was like, <laughs> <Godfather>. <laughs> that's also a very important book. Uh, that book was just not familiar with it. It's incredible oh, book. Shit. It's really wow. It's so Put it on the list. Actually, the history of Russian. I really love poetry as well. Mm. So I have like favorite like uh, writers, and their story is really. Hard. There was tons of hardship back, like interested, like past Russia. Mm. So, but it still was just incredible. Um, I oh, I don't know where I heard it. There was um, maybe there, you heard about uh, Lolita. No, I'm thinking about there was two guys in prison, and they were they were in solitary confinement for years, and one of them. Or they, they both knew um, Morse code, and one guy, Morse code, like he typed, like uh, I can't remember which one of the Russian books that's like this thick. It was, it, it took like four years for him to, to tap the whole story to money. I'll find out. About it. Wow. Oh, it was, oh. it was like a Tolstoy or Dostoevsky no, 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 or no. I want to yell it, oh. Anna, Anna Karishinika. No, it wasn't. It was, oh, I remember the name. Ha- have you heard the story? Yeah, man, it's every and he's like in the. I think they interviewed the guys after. He's like, I just couldn't wait to hear the, the last part of it. Like I was, he, this guy was in tears listening to him Morse code tap. Is the, it Solzhenitsyn? Yeah, maybe. It yeah, might it's have been. Probably he. I'll uh, I'll find the follow up to that. I remember it's, hearing that and going. It, it Whoa. was crazy being a part of society where the books were something forbidden. Mm. I think the society where the books are forbidden, it's. 
it's not a society for me. Have it's you ever crazy. read Band Book Band Book Club? What? You've never read Band Book Club? No. I don't have it here. There's we one I, of our one, I got it at my office. One of our episodes is with a guy who wrote about his wife's experience in university, a guy from Busan. He wrote about his wife's experience in uni and how she joined a band book club and his book is blown up kind of all over the world. He's a famous dude. <laughs> I'll I'll bring it to school one day. It's at my office at the university. Really, really cool. Really. It's a it's a graphic novel. So you're reading, you're flipping through, you got pictures and everything. Actually, about like graphic novels, have you ever heard about the book called Mouse? No. You should you should read that oh. one. It's the best. Mouse or mouse? Mouse. M O U S E. Yeah, is it? Mickey Mouse. Speaking of artists and and authors and these other guys, who <clears throat> who would you consider your role models or your biggest role models until mm. thus far? Oh, oh M A U S. Dead mouse. You know Dead Mouse? <laughs> yeah. You do? Yeah. The music? Yeah. Okay, it's from my hometown. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just uh, yeah, because oh. he spells like this. He's yeah, dead. Uh, he's right. dead mouth five. Yeah. Oh wow. Role models. When I was younger, dead mouse. of course, it was my mom. I used to think that she's a god. Yeah. She was a really huge role model, but wait till you have kids. <laughs> yeah, like see the holes. Till I was ten, maybe. Yeah. Then I think kids are actually growing up when they realize that their parents also failure, that they're just people. They also yeah. have their hardship. They, because when you little, you think that your parents have everything under control. That they control everything. They know what to do all the time. But it's not seems, the truth. Seems that way. Wait ten more years, you're gonna go like, oh, this is all of yeah. society. This is the this is the educational institution. Yeah. This is everything. Yeah. Next, it's so funny to say Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I started learning English. Mm. Like, of course, I was learning like body parts, how mm. to read, but I actually started learning English because of Taylor Swift. No way. Yeah. Mm. How? Why? Take us through. You it. listen, listen to her songs and yeah, memorize I the first, words. I uh, heard the song called "Love Story." There mm. was a dance crew dancing. It's mm. called Pentatonix. So it's such a long. It was a long time ago, but I really, I was like, oh, who is that girl singing that? And it was Taylor Swift, and just I fell in love with her. Mm. And back at those times on YouTube, there were there were only four videos interviews uh, with Russian subtitles. Mm. But for me, when I listen to certain music, I'm also interested about personality. Mm. So I just wanted to know what she was talking about, and just and I just started watching the videos, mm. even without translator. I was just getting better and better. Mm. So cool. Taylor Swift is she's awesome. Awesome is. Would you recommend that as a learning method for ESL learners? ESL? Uh, I think it's it's really good it's a really good way to learn English. But if we're talking about like IELTS or TOEFL, it's a totally different story. No, no, I just just in English in general. English, of course. I think it's better to. I just translated part of my hobbies into English. That was the case. I was still doing what I love, but just in English. And just translated, like, a part of my life in it, into English. So. Like, we hear about the guy who watched the Singaporean or wherever. He watched 5,000 Korean movies. And he's fluent in Korean. Now he became mm-hmm. a right. internet sensation. And people yeah. who do this and learn from music. But Japanese I just think, if it's that easy, why don't... Not that easy. If it's possible like that, why doesn't everyone try that? And if they fail, then go to Hogwans. 
Mm. Like, it seems way more enjoyable to watch movies all day long and subconsciously, you know, take in and, and learn everything about the country, the culture, and the language at once. I've been in Hangwon only once, and it was a disaster. In where? Hagwon. In, uh-huh. It's like kind of Korean-style <laughs> Hagwon in mm. Uzbekistan. It was a disaster. It was... What it was... And I realized that all of the people, the majority of people learning English like that, like every language, so it's so useless. And, yeah, I just want to... I, I just enjoy learning. I, I have, like, uh, top of, like, the films... One of them is Meet Joe Black. You probably heard yeah, about yeah, that yeah. one. I really love the movie. Well, and that's... I just wanted to hear how the actual actors talk. <laughs> so Meet Joe Black and the actress over there is also Claire Ferrani, her name. Mm. Awesome, man. Is there anything you've experienced here in Korea? I mean, you've seen it all online, but is there anything you've experienced here in Korea that you would like to bring home, whether it's a lesson or food or something that you think, man, you know, my country should see this or my country should taste this or do this or try this or is there anything you've experienced here like that if it's technology or culture um, or food or privacy privacy because like there's privacy here yeah i mean <laughs> when it comes to for example school in uzbekistan teacher can like tell you you know when everyone is sitting, you know, you got an F or something like that. Everyone Ooh. will hear that. But here in Korea, even if you're like Good playing motivation. the smartphone won't get or something, next time. <laughs> they will never do it like when all people are around you. Mm. So Except me and Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was like, what? why did you send me the email? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, I, yeah. Hmm. But of course, what is privacy nowadays? People like have their oh, you're Instagram right. accounts. We think that it's ours, but it's not ours. No, mm. yeah, no. Just you occupy the space. Yeah. You're. We're actually working. Paying for on somebody else, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I got. I got another one here. Yeah. Do you know? You read any philosophy? Mm. You know Plato's allegory of the cave. I've read, but not. Basically, videos. one. Mm, there's a bunch of basically blind people one guy escapes sees the light and he comes back he comes back and he's changed he's seen the proverbial light and he's uh, and he's smarter for it now and when he goes back he thinks the people are crazy he's trying to explain to them oh guess what guess what's outside the the walls of these caves Um, and the people think he's crazy because all they can see is the the cave wall Um, what have your eyes been open to here that you think people back home this might be hard to without thinking about it but <laughs> what do you think your eyes have been open to here that going home and, and trying to explain to to some people they might not get they might not understand uh, actually their business ideas are incredible when we talk about small business mm. you have any kinds of even if it's not like really successful mm. the small business here is really it's great mm. So there's a man Ulsan day up there's a um, an organic pet food store you're like what how, uh, yeah, how could yeah, you yeah, possibly yeah, right. how could you possibly make <laughs> make ends meet off of that, that right? yeah. so, like that. so going home and trying to pitch like hey no you can just yeah. you can just make candles right, right. <laughs> or whatever you're uh, one of the big differences here is you don't need the capital to start in yeah. Canada you need so much you need all the health and safety inspections and all this that you need, you need capital. You need so much stuff has to fall into place to start a business here. You can walk down to Shichung tomorrow and start a business the next day. 
and boom, it's open, and the guys come and remodel it in 10 minutes. Yeah. Done. And, okay, we got a business. Now we actually have to work. Um, but that's I, I do like that here. The part I don't like is how many of them fail. There yeah, must be a oh. huge, huge number, like probably more than 50% that just fall flat on their face mm. within within months. Some of them are only two, three, four months, mm. and they're they're gone. I know a guy that opened the cafe, and he's to remodel and, and have a couple months of, of kind of working salary. He uh, he got a government loan for like 100000 150000 for nothing, man, like like one percent interest or something mm. really really low which is which is pretty sweet and i think that's the i don't know it's kind of the life of the city right but they kind of they're kind of the, the country's kind of in this position where they have to do this because they can't have all these people unemployed like what there's no mm, the, right. the social welfare system here is not good it's not healthy and if you don't kind of help and prop up and provide for these people i mean at some point it's going to collapse because it's just overextended you can't have all these retired people open up pizza shops and they all close within six to eight months. And that was their whole retirement savings. Like, what are they living on? The kids are sending money to their parents. But everybody's got new apartments and new cars and mm. flashy everything. Man, like, you still go home, you see all these old rusty, dusty cars. And, like, here, nobody drives an old... I got, I got an old rusty, dusty. Nobody <laughs> had scratches on the side. I had one and everyone in the city looked when I drove by. <laughs> like, who's that guy? Mm. Um, what do you want to accomplish or what would be considered a fulfilling or meaningful life? What would you have to achieve or what would you have to get to? You know, there is a saying in Russian. It's called Ida's dream. It's like literally, if we we're going to translate it, Ida's dream. I want to wake up someday really early in the morning and go to vineyards like when it's sunrise. Mm. And just with, you know, this open car, mm. get there and just looking at the sun rays, realizing that all the vineyards are mine, that I'm looking. I uh, really wish that day to come. I I think that's going to be incredible. I really want that day. To you want to drink wine is what you're saying? Yeah. What do you think is the path or the, the route to get there? Um, I mean, is it win a lottery or is it? I mean, no, that, that's... just doing what I, just exploring everything. I, but I think the, that seeing that I don't, I don't know if that's just um symbolic right you don't have to be looking at vineyards yeah. it could be in the middle one day you're painting a picture and you're like oh my so god I'm, th- this is it this is it i'm in the middle you know okay. that could be it right. any inspirations you said your mother and taylor swift as role models but anything <laughs> that that really inspires you just people people around me inspires me a lot even like just my classmates or professors or people who are might seem miserable at first time, but they still super inspirable. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Everything, like every single day, I love to wake up and realize that I've changed and there is still a lot to learn. So much. So I feel every still single year, I feel really more dumb than before because as much as you know, as much you feel. The, the like, peak gets higher. Yeah. Yeah. You find out there's a lot more you don't know. Yeah, Actually, like my English is also because I'm here in Korea. My English got worse. <laughs> Worse, sir? Yeah, really. What was that on purpose? Because <laughs> uh, um, I'm, I'm like really into Korean. I'm learning it, and it's hard to kind of balance, balance it. Absolutely, those. yeah. But I try it like, really hard. That's my French, man. When I was teaching French privates for some students from the university, and then I would go to a Korean lesson, and it would come out like one word of English, two French, three Korean. And I was like, "What am I doing? Like, wake up! 
you can't be speaking all this but it's hard to to separate it all in your brain yeah just... even like with my mother tongue there's lots of uh pretty similar words in russian and in english so mm. everything ending with xion in english like nation constitution mm. and it's totally the same but the ending it's sia in uh, russian so nation nazia constitution constitutsa so, but sometimes the the meaning can be different. For example, I was talking with my mom about something like, like it's about something related to history, and I there is a word decade, which literally means like ten years in mm. English, but in Russian there is a word dekada, so mm. it's the same, which means ten days. But I was talking in Russian, meaning uh, the English one, yeah, yeah. ten years, and my and my and my mom was like, "What are you talking about? Ten, ten, it was last week. Ten days." Yeah. And like, no, it's ten years. She's like, "No, it's ten days." I'm like, "Decades." It's so there Decada, is. Huh? Yeah. yeah, it it does. It gets confusing. That's what I wonder. Like that, Jaka. How how many can you learn before it's like I do it with mm. with Korean and French and English. I do it and. <laughs> It doesn't come out. I'm like, just talk about. Let me think for There's a story. Those, some of those it's polyglots, they get kind of itchy mm. feeling in your head. It's also kind of pleasure. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh man! All right, I got 1.5 language. You speak three languages. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Shakusto is still at the top of the heap Spanish. there, man. I used to learn Spanish. Yeah. But I forgot everything. I was mm. pretty good at that at Spanish, but no, I'm not. It probably comes back easy though once you once you get into it. I watched that polyglot you know polyglot like someone who can speak yeah, yeah. 20, 20 languages whatever and uh there was the one kid from new york and he's like i just i studied my first 500 vocabulary i know them and then i go to a restaurant or i'll go on the subway and just start chatting people up and he goes you know the the greek people think it's funny when they hear me speaking chinese but then i look and i speak greek to them and then the lady oh, over here speaks spanish speak like greek? holy no 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 i'm talking <laughs> about the polyglot kid. Oh, okay. and uh and the Spanish lady's like, holy shit, this kid speaks three languages. And then I talk to her in Spanish. Like, can you imagine that, man? Just turn it awesome. on and off. Yeah. Actually, about role models. Do you know, like, Vladimir Posner? He's a journalist. He is Jewish, but he was his mom is French. And he was born and raised. And then he moved to New York. And then when he was 18, he came to Russia because his father was, like, Russian. And... Uh, his life is incredible. Now he's like eighty-two, but his passion and his willing—he's he, not like you know there are some old people like TikTok, like NFT. What are you talking about? Just mm. forget about that. But he's still curious. He's still like, and he's Russian. Mm. He's native, although he's not. His first language is French, but he's yeah. so native. Mm. Huh. His like English, French, and Russian is perfect. Just really perfect. That's awesome. And his his life is incredible. He was traveling all over the world, meeting lots of. He used to do a propaganda. Mm. He used to realize that it's not something that he's wanted to. He used to be restricted from going out of Russia for like twenty years. Yeah. So his life is really incredible. And he's, he's lived through it all. Yeah. Yeah. He's really. Yeah. That's the that's the idea. You want to collect experiences, right? When I was taking the the how to teach english course in canada before i came completely useless but there was <laughs> there was one uh, one guy in the class and i thought at the time i was like this guy's weird what is he like he's like i've had 11 different occupations i've been a uh, this uh, i was like this on a boat i was in the army i did this and this and this and i was like why doesn't this guy just get one job and just 
stop being like uh, such a flagrant, you know, like just, you know, bouncing all over here and there. But what a, what a hell of a life he's lived, you know. That's awesome. And he asked like the question, like every in the end of the interview, the last question is always the same. He asked, if you if you someday, no matter whether you're religious or not, will meet a God, what you're going to say? Like every, he used to interview like presidents, etc. Mm. Really like top, top people. And it's, it's really, a big question. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, wow, he's incredible. I really want to live the life that, she, that he lived. Yeah. Can do. And it all mm-hmm. starts with Ulsan College. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Awesome. Anything else? No. Nope, you good? Um, okay, that's it. Everyone, thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Thank you for coming very much. Thank you for coming. Early on this Monday morning. Wonderful. All right, <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. We'll all be a bare-assed monkey's uncle. Please don't forget to check out our sponsor, Dr. English. It's your one-stop shop for all your English conversational needs. Enjoy learning from the comfort of your own home. Call 010-4591-1496 for a free sample class. Take your English to the next level by visiting their website at www.drenglish.com.